everybody, welcome back to this episode of Exponential Wisdom. I'm Peter Diamandis here with Dan Sullivan. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a subject which Stephen Kotler and I wrote about in abundance and which has been the underpinning of Dan's work now for decades. And it's the concept of the adjacent possible. Mm-hmm. Dan, let's open up. What does the adjacent possible mean and why are you so excited about it? Peter, thanks for that introduction. And I should say that this is a discovery on my part. I know I had a particular method, but until I came across this concept, I didn't know what the name of the method was. But I have a line that I just put up on the screen of all my workshops during the past quarter, and it says, play to win with the cards you have, not the ones you wish you had. Mm -hmm. And what it means is, in Las Vegas, the greatest poker players aren't the ones that get the best hands. They're the ones who can play a losing hand not to lose, and they can play a winning hand to win, plus they're great bluffers. So the whole aspect about that is if you look at where real progress is made, and I think technology is the forefront always when people are creating new means that empower other people and create multipliers in other people's life. People have a feeling that they're reaching into the future and they're having these brilliant flashes and they're creating brand new things, but actually they have a vision But then they just take the tools and the resources and the capabilities that are available to them, and they produce something new that extends the boundaries. So just quickly to bring it back to strategic coach, what we find is a lot of entrepreneurs get really, really caught up in future possibilities that are not really actionable in the moment, and they get very, very paralyzed. And first of all, they judge themselves badly of how they're not moving ahead as quickly as they can. But the other thing is, they're not really even maximizing what they have available to them, and they've basically neutralized their entrepreneurial spirit and their productive abilities. So what we do is we say, okay, next 90 days, five things that you could achieve which are totally achievable if you just maximize what you have available to you. And if you did that, the quarter following that would be at a much higher level of result, and you just do five of them. I mean, that's just one of the exercises that we do. But I just try to get people in touch with what's available. What's truly possible within their control. Yeah. 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 And they don't have to invent anything new. They just have to take what's already available and use it in a new way. Most people saw this film either originally or in replay, but the Apollo 13 film where they lost the use of their main return spacecraft and had to come back to Earth in the the landing module. And quite frankly, they weren't going to have the oxygen. And quite frankly, they weren't going to have the ability to actually bring it back alive. So the mission control in Houston in those days, very famous name. Deke Slayton. Yeah, he was on television. You know, he was the most famous mission commander in the history of spaceflight so far. So he said, okay, let's just do an inventory of everything that's on the module and let's find a copy of it here and we'll put it out on a table. And then they got everybody together. Yeah, they had to create a CO2 scrubber because the lunar descent module was made for two people and they were bringing three people back, which was a 33% increase in CO2. So they needed to get an extra scrubber built. 
Yeah, and they had to build it out of... Parts. <laughs> Square <laughs> pegs and round holes, so to speak. Yeah. See, that just proves the point. I know if I start in on a story, together we'll get it right. See, I was just using the available materials there that you actually know the story here. So everybody knows that, and that's an example of playing to win with the cards you have, not the ones you wish you had. But I was just reading two fascinating books, and I highly recommend if you're only going to read one book to give you a feel for how we got here is a book called How We Got to Now by Steve Johnson, in that book and another book I'm reading called Where Good Ideas Coming From, he introduced the whole concept of the adjacent possible. And he gives a wonderful graphic model to explain it. And that is picture yourself in the middle of a page and you're in a room on the page and it has four doorways, one on each wall. So you've got to make a choice to leave the room and the moment you open the door, you create another room on the other side, and that has three doorways, plus the fourth that you just came through. Then you do it again, and you're making decisions. There's a lot you don't know about what's the next room, but you know when you open a door, you create the next room. So the analogy here is that when you open the next door, you create a new capability that links back to the capability you had before, and you do that into a third room. Now, what's true about that is that you can only predict that you're going to open the next door. You can't predict anything about it. And you don't know what the result of that is. Then you do it in a third box, and you could not have predicted what the third box is from the first box. You have to go through this process of making a choice based on limited knowledge, and you go to the next room, and then you keep joining these rooms and the knowledge and the capability from each of the rooms. Now, say they do it 20 times, there would be no predictability of what route that person would take. And he just introduced is technologies cannot be predicted at the beginning. And he's just talking about who specifically is going to do it. And you found that out in your XPRIZE contest you know you're going to get a lot of contestants, but you don't know what the contestants are going to do, and you don't know who the winning contestant is going to be, but you've just created a lot of rooms to be joined up, and they get together. So one of the issues we have, and I think it's going to be an ongoing conversation, Peter, is if machines are capable of superintelligence... And they will be. And the robots are capable of super manipulation. And they will be. You know, of various things. What's the role of humans? What's the role of humans? And how do humans have to think about their new relationship to AI? And I said, I believe that humans are superbly good at doing the adjacent possible. They don't claim super intelligence and they don't claim super strength, but they say we have this amazing ability to make choices and move into something new, and then we connect backwards with what we've done before. Because I'm thinking through this, because you know, I'm very, very fond of humanity, Peter. <laughs> You're such a limited thinker, Dan. Yes, I am. I just have this, I think it's a lifetime affinity for humanity. and I. You You're know, very I biased to, about these things. I am. You know, I root for my home team. You know? <laughs> so that's the thought I had here, but when I see you putting together A360 from the startup, 
which we had, I think it was the middle of 12 or something like that, that we started it, or 13. I'm not sure of the year anymore because yeah. it's fading into the distance. It was 12. It was January 2012. We did our first one. Yeah. And we're coming up now to our sixth of 25. And yeah. by the way, one of the things I'll tell you live here and those A360 members watching that I'm so excited, you know we how we do a convergence catalyzer on day two and a convergence catalyzer on day three. They're typically three to five years. This year, we're doing a convergence catalyzer on day two, which is a three to five year focus. We're going to look a lot at material science and so forth. But on the third day, the final day, we're doing a convergence catalyzer that has got a 10 year look. And wow. I am bringing back on with me Ray Kurzweil to talk about artificial general intelligence, AGI. I'm going to be bringing Ralph Merkel to talk about nanotechnology and Brian Johnson to talk about brain-computer interface. So we're going to be talking about what's it like 10 to 20 years now when we have the ability to plug in nanobots mm -hmm. into the brain and hook it up to an AI. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so off the conceivable. It's like an infinite number of adjacent possibles where we're all superhuman in those capabilities. And what people don't realize is this stuff is coming very rapidly. There's billions of dollars flowing into yeah. these arenas. Yeah, but you know, the thing, Peter, is that you and I are fascinated, and I think it explains a lot of our teamwork, that I got hooked on what technology was going to do to society 40 years ago, and you've got your own path of really being involved in the exponential technologies. But the vast majority of people get up every day and they do something to improve their lives. That's what makes the world go. You know, I mean, everybody talks about the violent people, the criminals and everything else. The truth is, every day, the vast majority of human beings get out of bed in the morning and they work all day to make some sort of improvement for themselves yeah. or their family. That's what makes the world economy work. It makes the world economy work. It also is what gives me great hope, right? We talk about the negativism, we talk about the power of AI and genetic engineering to empower terrorists and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, is it a thousand to one? Is it a hundred thousand to one? The number of people who are using those technologies to make the world better, to solve problems. Yeah. And I think it's that ratio, which people don't realize is the dominant player that keeps the world marching in this positive upward direction. It's not good news. Reporting on, again today, the vast majority of humans had a very, very productive day. Now on to our commercial, you know, that doesn't get good ratings. It's all the violent acts and the shocking bloody acts that, that get it. But that being so, you know, that's part of the environment too. But what I'd like to get across is that not paying attention to what's available to you, which I think is really the root to, a, certainly in the entrepreneurial world, to a great deal of disappointment, a great deal of not being happy with your progress, feeling your progress is very, very minimal. And I said, you're not playing with the cards that are available to you. You're not even playing to win with the cards that you're having available to you. And my sense is, one of these recording sessions, I'd like to talk about the 60s mindset scorecard that I took down to the individual level, not so much in relationship to Abundance 360, not so much in relationship to big globally transforming technologies, but you've got a lot of technology just around you, all of us do. I mean, 
Very few people maximize more than about 5 or 10% of their cell phone, for example. There's just amazing technological capabilities, plus capabilities of human capabilities that go along with these capabilities that are available. And as humans, the race is over on any intelligence contest in the world. I mean, the race is over. Chess is gone. No is gone. We've got to adjust ourselves that we have this amazing ability to make the decision about what's possibly in the next room, commit ourselves to going through the doorway, discovering something new and linking that back together. And we do good for ourselves and we do good for other people when we have that discipline. And we're happy with it. I absolutely, totally agree. I mean, that's the job of an entrepreneur to use the cards you have to leverage yourself to the next level to see what you can create. Some people bet it all and other people hold them in reserve. You know, the cards you have are your reputation, your cash, your relationships, all of those things. Some people are just meek in their willingness to use mm -hmm. the adjacent possible. Other people will bet everything and risk it all. Yeah, and there's different risk tolerances, but I feel that I'm not as big a risk taker as you are, but I created a thing called the 25-year transformation it was a tool that was useful to you. Very much so. And over a 25-year period, just by saying, I'm going to give myself 25 years to create a certain type of result, and I'll produce exponential results for myself and for other people out of doing that. So what I'm looking for are the thinking tools that are going to allow human beings to actually adjust to this new relationship to technology. Mm -hmm. The adjacent possible the pace is going to pick up and the tools that you have, I just mentioned our convergence catalyzer next year is going to be on artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, and brain computer interface. And all of a sudden the adjacent possible, what you can do with the resources you have, adjacent possible explodes into potential. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I think, comes back down to the motivation you have as a entrepreneur of what you want to create in your life, mm -hmm. how big you want to go, how many risks you want to take, what's driving you, your motivation. But I love the way that you coach me as a coach, Dan, in terms of getting me to really assess what do I actually have right now as my set of cards? Because it's interesting, right? Sometimes when you force yourself to look at what you have, you realize that if you recombine them, you can actually create a step forward that opens up a whole new set of cards. I mean, people love progress and people love backing people who are making progress. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And just hearing you talk about A360 next January, I'm thinking of the stage that you've created over a period of five or six years where, you know, I don't know the truth about this, but I have a feeling that this is a big deal for people to come and be on the main stage of Abundance 360 to talk about these with an audience that's not a deer-in-the-headlight audience. They're entrepreneurial to begin with, and then think ahead a little bit, Peter, of next January, and then think back to where you were at Moffett Field yeah. when we had the very first session. And a lot of progress. The enormous adjacent possibles that you've taken advantage of to create the show that's going to be presented next January. I mean, it's immense. I mean, that's exponential in many ways. Yeah, well, I was just with my dear friend, Tony Robbins. We were 
spending some time together. And then I joined him at UPW, Unleashed Power Within, spent a few uh, days with him there. And one of the exercises he talks about is talking about gratitude and talks about the unexpected moments in your life that he says, you know, where grace or the power of the universe is coming through you and where you meet someone or have a conversation. And I remember going back, I think about this and say, you know, you play an important role in that, Dan, when I was at Joe's event and Joe introduced me to you and and you talked about this notion of creating something around abundance and around that people fear the future and creating something where people don't fear the future. And and then we had the first event in 2012 where it was Ray and I on stage for a couple of days. And then you said, you know, Peter, Ray was great, but I think you should be doing this. It was that inspiration and your support, A360. And then the next time was you saying, mm -hmm. as I was going on stage, hey, why don't you make this a 25-year commitment? I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's a 25-year commitment. <laughs> and so when you're open to ideas, when you're open to taking some risks, when you're open to coaching, when you're open to great ideas, your world can get bigger and bigger and faster and faster, and it's incredible future ahead. Yeah. And I also said, make sure you take your free days and look at what you've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, it's been, it's been great. I've reshifted the free days into the point where yeah. I take free mornings yeah. in sequence. And by the way, next week, I'm off to Aspen skiing with the kids. So I'm going to take my plane. Well, it's a grand journey, you know, and, you know, it's going to be interesting just to see how you actually utilize the artificial intelligence tools just to sort of bring us to an end here, but the trump card in all of this is artificial intelligence because it's the thing that can make everything else exponential. Yeah, it's the ultimate user interface to all technologies. Yeah, and I can see it already entering into your XPRIZE contest that you could make predictions using things like the one that predicted the election in the World Series and the Super Bowl, like those, because it wasn't just one. And, you know, it's just a different realm. You know, we're just entering into a different world. You know, it's a new Monopoly game. All the pieces go back <laughs> into the box. The board gets bigger. It gets six-dimensional and everything else. But humans are humans. And so I think humans are great, great responsive, adjusting creatures. And so I think adjustment will happen here. And I want to be part of the adjustment. I appreciate that. Listen, Ed, on our next time we get together, I'd love to actually think through the 60s as a tool for entrepreneurs. You've done some thinking about that, building on what I've done, mm -hmm. and that would be fun. How do you digitize everything inside your company? And then what does it mean when tech is going from deceptive to disruptive? And how do you dematerialize and demonetize and democratize? So that could be fun. I'll spend some time between now and then thinking about it, and it'll be fun. And all those things can actually be experienced within a company, you know, I mean, they can be experienced within a family, you know, you can dematerialize. For example, the cost of a car, you know, if the cost of a car disappears from the family budget, for the most part, you've just demonetized a very big expense. If you don't need a garage anymore, you've just demonetized and dematerialized part of your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, always a pleasure. I'll see you soon, pal. Thank you very much, Peter. Stay warm up there in the big white north. Yes, well, builds character. <laughs> see you soon.